Welcome to The Actor and the Actuary, as we two guys in opposite states talk about our careers, our life in completely two different worlds as we try to figure out what the heck's going on, who we are, what we're doing, and if it means something. Good evening, Jeff. Good evening, Aaron. What are you drinking? Okay. What are you drinking? 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 Right here, uh, I've got a nice little vodka LaCroix. Oh, you got one <laughs> so, of those there you go. vodka LaCroix happening. Yes, that's right. Vod- uh, lemon LaCroix, in case you're curious. What's your, uh, what's your vodka to LaCroix ratio there? That's a full glass. Oh, yeah. This is probably mostly LaCroix. Uh, <laughs> I, I put a good you know, shot and a half, two shots okay. of, of vodka in here. All Tito's. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Little yeah. Tito's. Yeah, what do, what do you got over Tito's there? Fritos. Oh, you know, it's a uh, swine night again. <laughs> Is it the same bourbon? I hope it's not no, the same no, bottle. No, no, of course not. Oh gosh, no, no. <laughs> so, what, what kind of wine is that that you're trying? Oh, this I is a, a red wine. But... Yeah, yeah. This is a Liberty School. Liberty School. Um, I've got some great news for you, Jeff. All right. Okay. Uh, we've got our first lady who emailed in. Oh, first lady. Uh, not Jill Biden. Uh, drum roll, please. The first lady to contact us is the ginger. Ooh, the ginger. She did not want to assume that she was the ginger, but she thought she might be the ginger. And I can verify, ginger. Yes, it was you that we oh, were talking about. Accurate. Uh, all right. Well, ginger, thanks for... Uh, Thanks for contacting us. Um, your bravery is noted and yeah. your prize is on the way. On the way. Yes, it is. It, it, it's in the mail. This is a, uh, what do we call a doozer of a topic? It's a doozy. It's a doozy. Yep, it sure is. It's something that people don't like to talk about. And, you know, usually we, we're talking about more upbeat topics. But, uh, but yeah, tonight we want to talk a little bit about death, which is a, ironically a very normal part of life. Mm. Um, and yeah, just talk about the ways that it impacts us and impacts our family and, um, yeah, just talk about it a little bit. I think it's one of those things that people don't like to me personally, I don't like to talk about it cause I like to focus on happy things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, sometimes it can, I can let stuff stew and not really, yeah. you know, yeah. can't, can't get it out. So it's good to talk about. And it's also, I think, healthy in terms of being able to process, you know, sometimes internally processing heavy things like this, it's, it's better, or it can be better to process, not even just alone, but with somebody verbally, just to kind of be able to stumble into something you didn't even know that you thought, or you remembered, or you had ideas Mm -hmm. about, I think it's just healthy. Yeah, no, I'm with you. So maybe Uh, a a question to start us off. Um, What? is your first memory of death like what's your what is your first encounter with that hmm. i should have given you some warning on that no I, was I ask that question no i mean i think it's pretty it's pretty obvious for me like i we i didn't have any you know when i was super young i didn't have any close family members pass or i, I had really healthy grandparents you know things like that it was uh the one that really sticks out that hit me is when i was 16 um, more than anything. And, uh, that I, I lost a good friend, um, when I was 16, uh, 
somebody I grew up with since elementary school and through junior high. And he lived just across the street from me. Um, you may actually even know, uh, I think his brother's name was Brian. He was in your, uh, your year. And so that was both of our sophomore years of high school. And, uh, we talked about this previously, but we, we, we uh, played, tried out for basketball. He was way better than me, but he got cut as well, which mm. was the first time I think in his life that he had basically been told no, and he was mm. just too small. So he could, he hated the idea of not being able to play the one thing he devoted his life to. And so he truly did. He was out every single day. He was fantastic. I, I was baffled. He didn't make the team, but he didn't want to not play. So he left the school and it was really weird. It was hard to process when I was, you know, very impressionable age at 16. And that was, that's the first like heavy mm. one. I remember trying to understand and get my head around why and what happened. And uh, yeah. When you're growing up, it seems like when death happens, it's to somebody far away, somebody you don't know. And mm-hmm. then, and then all of a sudden, like one happens that's close yep. and it, it does kind of rock your world. Like I, I know for me growing up, like it's the same as you, I had very healthy grandparents. Um, I, I had, I only remember one of my great grandparents, but I do remember one. And I, I do remember, um, when she died as well, but like, you know, a great, great grandparent, you're not quite as close to. So I don't remember that one necessarily. Like, I don't remember feeling very emotionally impacted by that. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was around the same time for me, actually, maybe a little younger. Um, it was when I was in seventh grade. So it would have been 13 when I actually had a, it was my English teacher, uh, Mm -hmm. and ended up dying. And, uh, while he, well, he was my teacher and that I remember was really difficult for me. I remember, you know, shedding lots of tears on the couch. Um, you know, even though he, like he feels weird to say it, but he was just my teacher, right? Like that was the only capacity that I knew him. Um, but weirdly enough, you actually might know him too. Cause he went to Maple Ridge, uh, Mr. Zierden. Do you, do you oh know yeah. Yeah. So uh, and yeah, I remember just that, that one was the first death uh. that occurred that was really close to me. And that one, yeah, I, I struggled with that one for a while. Well, I mean, uh, it's it, a, it's hard at that age. Like you, it's like the first time, you know, you're dealing with this kind of stuff and you have, you don't have a, an adult mindset of the comprehension of death. And so you're trying to process it. You're, you don't even understand your own emotions at the same time. So it's just like this mixed bag of what do I do with this incomparable thing? Mm-hmm. I don't know how, how you, you took it when, when Jason passed, but like, what, what did you do? Like, did you turn to people or what was it? I mean, yeah. What was it like for yeah. you? Yeah. I mean, I, I remember like, you know, my parents taking a call and then me, me taking the phone and I like mm. cried and I was just mad, but I didn't know how to necessarily turn to anybody. I think that was one thing I was trying to figure out in life at the time I was heading into high school and didn't really feel like I had a lot of friends going into high school. And so that was already a struggle in itself. So outside of maybe a couple people at church, but honestly it would have been probably you. And I don't remember talking to you about it. I, I think it would have probably something I more stuffed than anything, you know? Yeah. When you started talking, I was thinking, how, how come I didn't know about this, but Mm -hmm. I'm surprised, surprised we didn't talk about it. I mean, I I wonder if that is, if it is that way for a lot of people though, like the first time that that happens, it's, it is the hardest. And honestly, like (laughs) there have been times, maybe we'll get to this later, but death occurs now and it's a little more normal to me. 
like it's not as hard as it was that first time. And I, well, oftentimes find myself wishing it was more like that first time, like Mm -hmm. wish like that I would have a stronger reaction to it because it's like, yeah, it's a part of life, but it shouldn't be, you know, it's so unnatural either through death that you've experienced or death that you've had a friend experience. Have you found anything um, to be helpful? Like what's a really helpful way to be there for somebody who is grieving someone's death? Mm-hmm. And, and maybe is there, a, is there something that's not healthy that you've experienced? Yeah, I, I think, <laughs> I think obviously an unhealthy way to go about it is to relate any other person's death to any other type of death, you know, I think that's such a common thing where somebody's like, yeah. Oh my, my, uh, for, let's take a bad example. My dog died. Oh yeah. I've lost mine too. You know, like that does nothing but take the pain and then you're requiring them to express some kind of an empathy to you for now a debt yeah. that you brought into an equation that wasn't about you. And mm-hmm. I think that's such a, a cultural mistake that we like share our own pain in the middle of somebody else's. And it takes away from, look, they just need you to be there. You know, they just want you to get in the hole and hold them. They just want you to, to be there and support them. They just want you to say, Hey, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm here for you. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm with you there. I think a lot of times people have good intent. I think there are sometimes people are saying like, Oh yeah, turn it back to me. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. But I think sometimes people are, are trying, what they're trying to say is, Hey, I've been there. I understand what you're going through. And I, you know, I'm so sorry, but then say that, you know, don't, well, I, you don't need, you don't need to prove to the other person that you've been there. I don't even know that you should say that though, because if you say I've been there, you've now, you've now assumed where they are. You've assumed that they're at a level that you have been at where they could be at a totally different. And I think it, it removes the opportunity for them to tell you where they are. So I think we should even take that step out of it and go even further and say, I'm so sorry. Like I'm, I'm hurting with you. I'm here for you. Do you need something? Put it on them to say like, Hey, yeah, here's what I need or here's what I'm feeling or whatever. But I think more or less just telling them that you're there without any type of self-relation because then it's, you're taking on that assumption role. And I think that's what kills it. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, that, that is a good point. And I think later on, like after the initial, um, I don't know, after the, the grieving process has gone on a while, there might be some time to, um, to decompress a little bit and, and talk through some of that stuff as if that's what the person wants. But that's, yeah, there's, there's really no room for that upfront. You know, I think there's, there's different, we kind of are going in a, a linear uh, path in terms of uh, death experiences and, and uh, it would be silly for me not to, to bring up what I think a big talking point is tonight for us is because it also, um, you know, I, I was very involved with your family and your life and being a part of your experiences with death as well. I don't know if you want to kind of express anything that you went through with your family and, and kind of talk about how that's been a major impact of your life in the past and even up to today. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so about 10 years ago now, a little over 10 years, um, I lost my dad to, uh, to cancer and it was very, it was very fast. Um, so we didn't even know he had it until April of 2010 and he ended up 
passing away right at the beginning of May in 2010. Um, and so that's, you know, that's a really quick time to go from not knowing anything's even wrong um, to having him not there anymore. Um, and because it was a very aggressive cancer, you know, they, they put him on chemo. And um, if you've ever had the, uh, the unfortunate task of seeing somebody go through chemo, oftentimes it can really destroy a person's body and their mind. Um, and that's kind of what happened to him. Like he was not himself. We had hallucinations and I don't know, it was hard to be around him in that last month because he just was not himself and you could see all the pain that he was in. It was a really, yeah, it was a really hard time for me and, and for my family. Um, and honestly, like seeing that, seeing him go through that for a month, even though it was just a month, there was some sort of relief that came with death too of you know, like being so sad that there was finality to it, but knowing that he didn't have to deal with that anymore. And yeah, I, I would say that it's, that's, it's been hard on our family ever since. Like our, he in, in a lot of ways was the glue that held our family together. And so I think we're all still figuring out how to relate to each other without him there. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, there's the death itself. And then there's the aftermath of it because the, the roles that some people play in your lives uh, are roles that impact so many people around them. Um, and so, yeah, I think we're still feeling the effects of that today. Um, but like, you know, I, I mentioned wishing that I had as much pain as I did when my English teacher, Mr. Zierden died. I remember I didn't like, I shed less tears when my dad died than he did. And I remember feeling very guilty about that. Um, because I, you know, I basically said to myself, I, I should be sadder. Why am, why am I not crying? How, why am I being able to move on with life? And, and yeah, I felt guilty for a while. And I, I, I know just from talking to other people, other people have felt that way too, but, uh, you know, I think that God gives you strength to deal with different situations and in, in different ways. And uh, it, that's nothing to feel guilty for. Did you find in the immediate um, days after your dad's passing that uh, kind of, did you go through any types of, were you going through memories? Were you going through different types of emotions, more like anger? Were you, what, what was happening in those first few days outside of the, the guilt of not feeling as sad. What did you do in those first few days following? It was, you know, it's kind of like a blur because you have the, you know, you have the funeral and you have all the preparation that, that goes into that. Um, which, you, you know, like I, I remember, yeah, I remember spending time with my family and creating, you know, like big poster boards. And that was good because we got to go go through some of the memories and think through some of those things. But at the same time, like you're just, it's so fresh. Like you can't mm -hmm. even understand what's happening. And then you've, you've got, you're so fortunate. You've got a lot of people reaching out to you. That's what happened to me. You know, like lots of people were calling and texting and, and, and whatnot. And it's like, you can't even keep up with it. And it's just like, the, I almost felt like I didn't really have time to process through. There was just mm -hmm. so much happening. And it wasn't until in, in the weeks after it that I actually got to start processing it. And um, I remember one of the most comforting things, um, and it still happens from time to time, um, is I will have a dream and he will be in it. Mm. Uh, and 
I just, I always wake up with a smile on my face when I have one of those dreams because it's like, okay, my, like my dad is still, he's still in my memory and like in that world, in my dream, he's still, he's still there and he's still the dad that I, you know, remember that he was. Mm -hmm. And it's like, he's, he's still living on through that. And so I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. I remember, uh, we went to B-dubs, um, shortly after to kind of talk. Um, I, I mean, I, it's probably one of, you know, those occurrences in your blurs of everything. And, um, I just remember saying like, can I like see you? Um, and we went to B-dubs and we like, didn't talk much. We just like had beers, had some wings. I asked how you were doing. You kind of said what you just basically said was, I don't really, I feel okay. I, I'm not processing. Like, I don't feel overly sad. And you didn't come across overly sad, even though I, I think, you know, it, that's conveyed differently as you're probably going through the grief. I think you're, again, you're such a, in such a blur, but I just remember sitting with you, um, at a tall table in Minnesota at a B-dubs. I, yeah, well, I'm sorry that I don't remember it, but I'm sure that that was exactly what I needed. Just someone to be just like having somebody make that extra effort to spend time with you. And, um, and then also like not make you talk, talk about things if you don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, I think those are two things that are, are important at a time like that. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we kind of posed the question earlier, like what, what do you need in that? And I think you just need someone to sit in silence with you. Yeah. I think sometimes silence is just knowing that you're sharing the silence with somebody else is, is important. Yeah. So how about you? Was there, um, are there any experiences later on in your life that were, you know, bigger experiences that really impacted you? I mean, yeah, you know, we've all had or have, or will probably have those grandparent passings that are, are hard. I was really close with my, uh, my Nana and grandpa on my mom's side. I mean, I was close with my, my dad's side too. It's just a, it's a larger family on my dad's side. So all of our like hangout time on my dad's side was with, you know, 13 plus other cousins and my dad's four sisters and all kinds of uncles and aunts. So the intimacy that existed with my Nana and grandpa didn't totally exist at the other side. And and that's kind of a give and take because there was so many good memories with them, but my Nana and grandpa's relationships was more personal for me. Um, growing up, I just related well with them mm-hmm. and my Nana passed, um, in 2010 summer yeah. of 2010. Yeah. Um, and I just remember, cause I was in LA, I just moved to LA that year. And I was just like, I couldn't fathom how I had left and how I didn't, I couldn't say goodbye. She slipped and fell. And then she was like, okay, the next day. And then like went downhill super fast. And my mom was mm-hmm. like, I don't think you should come. I think this is it. I think you don't even want to see her at this. Like it was just too quick. And mm-hmm. I just didn't have that closure. And when you don't have that type of closure, that, that was hard because like my grandpa, you know, lasted many years past her, but I had opportunity to kind of see his, um, aging and downgrading in life, but be there. Cause he lived with my parents, but my Nana and I just had such a love for her and she just was gone. Like she was just taken from me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I just remember being at her funeral and just like weeping, trying to like get my words out about her. And I, it, it's just hard. It, it is, it is impossibly hard. Yeah. I, I remember that, that Maxine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, you know, unfortunately I don't think I was there for this in the, in, for you in the same way that you were for me. Um, I, uh, I, at least I don't remember being there for you, but were there some, were there people that came around you at that time to help you? Yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, there definitely were, I mean, it was also, I mean, to your credit, I was in California, you know, and so it's not exactly easy for you to just pop over and go, go to B-dubs with me. But I remember in terms of, yes, I had friends out here. I had people that I could turn to. I felt like I could kind of like get out my emotions. I'm also a, like a think through it in action. And I remember I, I like found out and said goodbye to her, like through my mom calling me. I was, I was on a weekend and I was heading to Santa Monica to just be at the beach. And I just remember driving there and then all of a sudden like thinking that that's it. She's, she's gone. And we got to, Oh, we went to Venice. I remember we went to Venice beach and I just played basketball for like five hours straight and just like hustled and played and worked out and like just ran and like exerted myself fully. And I just remember like at the end of the day being so exhausted, just like weeping because mm. I just needed to like, I just needed to work hard. I was probably a little bit of a punk on the court too that day. Like I just needed to get out some anger. And um, that's generally how I've, I processed growing up very difficult things, death or other items. I just remember basketball was always kind of one of those things for me. That's cool. Just that you've noticed that that's a way that, you know, just helps you process through it and um, helps you deal with it a little bit, but that's, that's good that you know that about yourself. Actually, I, I actually just taught myself something. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm like missing that in my current life. Hmm. There's something about needing a basketball hoop, like just to go out and shoot free throws because it helps me process a lot mm. of, there's such, there's something so fundamental, pun intended, <laughs> that it helps you process all these different things. Hmm. But I'm realizing that I, I kind of need that currently in my life. You should get that hoop. You should get that hoop if that's what uh, I should. That That's what helps you process through things and work through things. It's important. Yeah. I know like for, for Jess, that's, that's running. And when she's not able to run, she feels that same way. Just like there's a log jam going on. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's exactly right. Well, I mean, I, uh, I'd like to open up the conversation to any of our listeners. I, I think this is a, a topic that can be one that is often stuffed and I don't know, even if it means, you know, you want to process it in a, uh, in an email or something, I want to open up that channel because sometimes even just writing it, even if you don't want to hit send to us, you know, just write it something about it. Because I think if we don't process these difficult, you know, moments that have shaped us almost with, through the people that we've loved, that we've lost, I think we could be missing something in ourselves and, our discovery of who we are, or how we process emotion. I encourage you to, uh, to reach out. Uh, Aaron's going to hit you with the email here. Yeah. That would be the actor in the actuary at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, we'd love to, to hear that. We'd love to hear stories from you. We'd love to process that with you. Um, yeah. I think if it's something you you feel comfortable sharing, we'd love to, to know. Even just talking now, um, 
you know, even with some of these things that are years and years old, like it just, yeah, it helps, helps process through it again, you know, just opens up those, it opens up those channels. So things aren't stuck. And, and, you know, with, with death, it's, it's usually, yeah, there's a, a big moment, right at death and those short days after that you feel, but then there's those subsequential moments and memories and, and or dreams of highs and lows that you process for the rest of your life. You can say mm-hmm. that with pets. You can say that with uh, close family. You can say that with close friends. You can say that with acquaintances. There's there's like you're going to be hit with some kind of a, a memory that jogs that emotion, that 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 pain or that joy that is rooted in heavy emotion, heavy um, reaction to, to those life moments. And I think that it's important to let those tears come, let those laughters come, let those moments come because uh, in a, in a world and culture where it said, Hey, it's not okay for especially men to cry. That's just BS. Like, yeah, it's so important. It's so needed to just let the emotions take you when they need to take you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I don't know, at, at the risk of being a little too, uh, uh, silver linings ish, um, the death being really saddened and having a lot of grief about the death of somebody just means that it, it just goes to show how much joy and how much, um, of a part of your life that they were. I, I think that that's why death is so hard sometimes is because people really do bring that joy into your life. And so I, I think not being afraid of that, it's a good thing if, if death hurts, because it means that mm. you had a good relationship with them. Mm. Yeah, that's well said. It's, it's an important sign of that relationship's existence prior. And I think that's, that shows health the pain that you find in death shows the health of what existed in life. Well, thanks. Thanks again for being a part of this discussion tonight. Um, I think we'll, let's go ahead and leave it there. Um, so I am Aaron Sorbel, the actuary. I'm Jeffrey Larson, the actor. And uh, we hope you have a great rest of your day. Mm-hmm.